Hello and welcome to the Iowa Basketball Coaches Association podcast. I'm your host, Derek Dangler. Before we start, I just want to encourage those of you who coach in the state of Iowa to join the IBCA this season. As a member, in addition to a $2 million insurance policy for your staff, you'll also get access to our Coaches Corner and Lucio Whiteboard. Your team will become eligible for either all region or all state awards and much more. If you're interested, go to our website's link, which should be included in the description below if you have any questions or need more information. All right, let's get to the show. Coaches, uh, thanks for joining the podcast. Happy to have Vance Down, Downs, uh, head boys basketball coach at Ames High. Coach, thanks for having us, or thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me on, Derek. Uh, appreciate it. I'd like to start you with one of my favorite questions. Who are your uh, top three favorite basketball players of all time? With two caveats, my mom can't know who they are, and it can't be someone you have coached uh, during your time as a coach. So top three favorite basketball players. Uh, well, I- I'm going to go old school. Uh, That's what know, I like to hear. Yeah. Uh, so I-, I grew up a-, a big fan of the Milwaukee Bucks when I was a kid. So Kareem Abdul-Jabbar uh, was, uh, was awfully fun to watch. I remember watching him play and uh, uh, getting upset when the Bucks teams get beat by the Knicks. Um, and then I really, really enjoyed Magic Johnson, uh, through his Michigan state days and, and, uh, uh, obviously with the Lakers and I, I would, you know, it's tough. It, I'd have to go Larry Bird or Michael Jordan. I can't, I'm going to go. Ooh, that's, I think my mom might know who those are coach. <laughs> my, my mom wouldn't, so I don't, I don't know what, who the caveat <laughs> applies to. <laughs> no, I like that. Kareem, that's the first time Kareem's been mentioned on this, so I appreciate uh, anything in particular about watching Kareem. We don't have too many players like him, if none players like him anymore. Well, well I just think the uniqueness of uh, his versatility for being that size and yep. then the sky hook, you know, what, what a weapon. And, and who, who has used it before that and who's used it since? Absolutely. All right, coach. I like that. Some great names there. All right. Hey, we'll just jump into your background. Um, currently the head boys coach at Ames. I uh, have been there for a little while. Taking me back to your time as a high school player. How'd you get into coaching? Uh, what's been your journey to, to end up at Ames? Well, I, I played in high school uh, and then I, I played I played junior college basketball and then I played NAIA basketball. And quite frankly, I didn't have uh, I, I wanted to go into business. My intention wasn't to go into coaching. Um, and I just kind of fell into it. I needed a part-time job as I was, I was at school here at, I transferred at that time to Iowa state to finish my schooling. Yep. And, and I, you know, my first uh, part-time job was a ninth grade assistant and, and it kind of took, and, uh, we had success. I've kind of enjoyed it. Uh, <laughs> so then I, I continued on with my major and, uh, ended up in education and, uh, I'll be darned. I, I coach ninth grade. I coach eighth grade. I coach 10th grade assistant varsity and uh, lo and behold, uh, now varsity. Is that uh, all at Ames coach? That's all in Ames. All That's at Ames. All Ames. All right, so how many years total have you been there? Not to date you too bad. Uh, you'll have to do the math. I've been here since 89. So, oh, okay. Uh, awesome. Uh, uh, so I've, I've coached almost every level here, here in Ames. So I do have a, a pretty good knowledge of uh, uh, Ames. You put me on another uh, another community, <laughs> it might be like a different island to me, but I do understand Ames. Uh, how long is the varsity coach? I think I'm going into my 19th year. 
19th. Okay. Awesome. Well, um, very good coach. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, so been at Ames for some time, uh, but who are some of the influences, uh, that maybe encourage you to take that first job is stay with it. Uh, people who've influenced, uh, your style of coaching, um, maybe shout out a few of those people and what you took from them. Well, as far as getting into coaching or, or, uh, being the head coach, I'd have to, I'd have to say Wayne Clinton, uh, was a, was a huge influence who, uh, was the head coach back in the, in the eighties and the early nineties. Wayne was the head coach when Fred Hoiberg came through yep. and, uh, um, and Bud Leg. Th- those two gentlemen, uh, had, had a distinct influence on, uh, my future in coaching and have continued to be an influence on my future in coaching or, or, or how it's went. I've always kind of felt like if I could keep if those two gentlemen are pleased with the job I'm doing, uh, uh, I, I feel I feel pretty good about what we've accomplished. Oh, absolutely! Um, very good, uh, Coach um, Bennett. So going back to '89, uh, kind of a two-part question though. My question is going to be: What's the biggest thing that's changed for you over time? And I'll break that into two pieces. One is like true basketball. You know, how has basketball you felt like evolved over time? And the other one is just maybe. Um, how you've changed as a coach over time, where you've grown and, and changed since uh, starting? Well, I, I think basketball has just changed the most from the 80s is just the, the, the pick and roll game and the three-point shot. Mm-hmm. So to, to, to piggyback that, I think as far as growth or changes that we've done philosophically is, is how, how, many, you know, how many ways we have to defend the pick and roll and how we defend the three point shot, you know, back in, in the early nineties, when you close out, you'd never leave your feet. Yeah. You know, you stand on the floor, you've got two hands in the air. Uh, today you're, you're always challenging two to three to four, to four kids by leaving your feet. Cause you have to, because they shoot the ball so well back, back in the early nineties, as far as the pick and roll game, uh, you might guard it one way if you saw it at all. Yeah. And, and today you've got to have multiple ways to, to guard it dependent upon personnel. So th- those two things come to mind. I, I, I don't know if uh, th- that's the best answer, but but that's the first thing that comes to my mind of what, what has changed with how we do things in that time period. Um, anything for you, maybe less from like a tactical basketball perspective, but for you as a coach where you feel like you've grown, uh, maybe just how you approach kids or how you approach practice or anything like that, that's changed uh, since you started. Uh, As far as communication with kids, the why kids today want to know the why Mm -hmm. Uh, kids 20 years ago, we're just going to do it no matter what, Um, you know, not in every situation, but you told them to do something. They did it today. Kids want to know the why. And uh, that's that, that's not disrespectful. That's just how kids have changed. They, they want, they feel more comfortable given the, their best effort when they know the why. And, and I, uh, uh, you know, and I, I think that's good. Oh, that's a really interesting perspective, coach. Uh, appreciate you sharing that. Um, we'll switch into kind of more basketball stuff. So obviously you guys coming off state championship at Ames uh, have had tremendous teams there for a long time. Uh, but maybe somebody hasn't caught a game in a while. Uh, what, how would you describe the style of how you guys are trying to play? Maybe some of your coaching um, pillars or philosophy that, that you emphasize on pretty much every team you have. Well, I mean, really, all we're trying to do, I mean, in reality, all, all we're trying to do is get one more shot at the rim offensively. 
than, than you're going to get. And defensively, we're trying to hold you to one less shot. I mean, yep. we get into philosophy and what's our style of play. And, uh, you know, you just have to keep moving due to your personnel. This particular year, I thought we were somewhat deliberate. We tried to play with pace early. Uh, we didn't shoot the ball as well as we wanted. You know, it's hard to it's it's hard to build spacing when you can't validate spacing. You know, you know, you can space the floor all you want. If you can't make standstill threes, it really doesn't matter. Uh, so, I mean, we, we tried to play with some tempo. We tried to space the floor, but but we really struggled shooting the ball as well as we could until the most important time of the year, the, the state tournament, uh, which fortunately we did. And obviously we had uh, a tremendous point guard that, that could build pace. And then defensively, I thought, uh, uh, we guard pretty well. We're a half court team. Uh, we're probably lean more toward pack than we do push just cause we're not real long on the interior. And, uh, you know, we do it by scout, but I think the kids played extremely hard. I think our kids always play extremely hard. I think people appreciate that when they watch our guys, although last night in summer league, I wouldn't give us an A plus on effort, but we'll, we'll continue to build. Uh, <laughs> but, but in a nutshell, I mean, uh, you know, I, that, that's what we look like. I hope we're, I hope we're fun to watch, uh, uh, when, uh, by people that enjoy seeing a great effort and, uh, I hope they're rewarded for it. So coach, you've obviously had, you know, as talented as teams in terms of individual players going at the highest level as almost anybody probably in the state. How's that? Let's start with just defense. Um, has that, does that change greatly year to year for you guys? Has it been, like you said, you're mostly packing. We're going to grind it out and force you into tough shots. Uh, how does that change or evolve over time? Well, I, I don't know if I'm answering your question as, you, as you'd like to to hear it. I, I just it, when we're longer, like like we were in uh, eight, nine, ten, we were certainly a push, and and we we were we deny passing lanes and we try to bring people to the rim, and then at the rim we try to block as many shots as we yep. could, which which we could at the time, um, and then. Uh, as we got smaller over time, uh, we just had to adjust and we had to pack it in. Uh, we had to keep people off the baseline. We had to secure off uh, defensive rebounds with the exception of 2015 when we had Javen White, who is an outstanding shot blocker. Uh, but, I think, you know, that's kind of how it's evolved. And if we got longer, um, we would we, we might go back okay. the other way. But, but right now, that's where we're leaning. Um, and and uh, we had success doing it both ways. I think, you know, there's a lot of ways to to be successful. I don't think there's one, one recipe for, uh, uh, for championship basketball. And uh, a lot of people do it a lot, a lot different than me and have a, have a great deal of success. Um, the effort on that side of the ball, you mentioned it with your summer league last time. What's the stuff you guys do to try and make sure we have great effort on defense uh, all the time? Well, I, every day we emphasize it. And, you know, I, everybody says, Hey, we emphasize it. Yep. We have tried to, to, I mean, make it as simple as we can. And it's just a question to the kids every day. You know, what do you have to do for today to be successful? And, and it is, it's play hard. You know, the kids, kids today, yesterday, they worry so much about um, my shooting percentage or my form or this move, that move, uh, you know, uh, what's on my cell phone, my social media, you know, if you just play as hard as you can, usually everything takes care of itself. Yep. And I mean, our message every day when we come in is simply, hey, we're going to listen. Uh, we're going to be tough and we're going to try. And uh, what, what do you mean by be tough? Because you've got to be, you know, specific there. 
and, and that's sustained effort and sustained focus. And those three things every day, and then before almost every game, uh, when those kids are a little anxious and they're wired and they're thinking about a thousand different things, 15 minutes to tip, it, it, we, we try to recenter their focus and you know, what do you have to worry about? And they all know, they all play hard, play hard is the response. And, and I think that carries over to our defense. You know, yeah. if you give great effort, the offense will come. Um, kind of specifically on defense, you already mentioned earlier, you know, that change of guarding three-point shooters and, you know, how you talk about closeouts and those kinds of things. Um, for me, at the small school level, I feel like I still play a lot of teams where we got a couple of guys that we're, we're going to leave open and challenge you to shoot the ball. Um, do you feel like that's changed a lot at your guys' level? You kind of mentioned it already has. And then maybe just what's changed teaching-wise, uh, you know, for defending that stuff on the perimeter? Well, I, I think every, you know, I don't care where you coach. As, as soon as you break down film, you're looking, is there somebody we don't have yeah. to go? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, just even my math skills tell me that's an easier, easier deal. Uh, and, and, and once in a while, you do get that guy. Um uh, and I can't speak to other people's leagues because I just don't see enough. But usually if, if a team has that guy, that guy is going to be screening somebody. He's going to be yep. creating problems in ball screens. So you, you can't just simply ignore him. Uh, but so many teams right now are putting pressure on us with four or five guys that can shoot the three and, and you've got to guard them everywhere. And uh, if, you know, depending upon where you are in the season defensively and what numbers you respect, there, there's a number of those guys now that you're going to have to leave your feet and challenge or, or they're just they're going to end your night. Um, coach, talk about the other side of the ball. Said last year, maybe you tried to play with pace and then played a little bit more deliberately. What does that look like? Uh, what are you trying to do to get guys open and, and be deliberate on offense? Well, I think we run, we run a simple four out break, yep. uh, you know, nothing unique about that. Um, and then that's what we call flow. We're, we're into flow. And then we have our offense behind our offense. And so anytime there's an offensive rebound, there's a, a, a ball screen set. Um, we're going to fall into our, our European ball screen stuff, you know, mm -hmm. I, which I think everybody's pretty, pretty familiar with. And then we, we have numerous counters off of that. And that, that fit us last year really well. Yeah. Um, this year we're playing a little bit. Uh, with doing some different things, but but that's what we did. And then we had a num numerous amount of specials off of that. But we tried to be specific to kids. And uh, every game you put a, another wrinkle in because we all know we all, you know, uh, scout things very well and take away what we do best. And so we, ha we have the four out flow game and then European ball screen actions behind our offense. I, I think that's difficult. If you can move just – I mean, uh, smoothly transition from one offense to the next. Uh, I think that becomes very difficult to guard. Um, it, it just, that's what experience tells me. And, and we weren't as smooth in that transition sometimes as I would have liked, but that's, that's pretty much what we looked like last year. Um, can you speak to the flow a little bit? Like uh, maybe what do you exactly you mean by that and, and what that looks like, maybe even how it changes year to year if it does? Uh, well, We've tried numerous different things, but but basically, uh, if you look at it, we have lanes on the floor in which uh, our point guard runs. We have lanes on the floor in which our two or three, obviously that's the widest. And then our four or five interchangeable run the lane line mm -hmm. extended. And we try to enter right now 
with the four or the five. And in three steps, that ball's got to be out on a, on a made basket because that's the most difficult. Because, I mean, on, on a miss or a live ball turnover, that's, that's a different breed of cat. I'm just talking yep. made basket transition. Yep. He's got three steps. We J-hook our point guard in his lane, and we are out and running. Now, if the, if the rim runner has the advantage, he will continue rim run. If he doesn't have the advantage, he will take a left turn. And there you have your, your four out when you count your point guard. Ball is swung, we're into a ball screen, we play. If the point guard touches his chin, we're into a drag action, we play. It's really that simple. Yeah. And uh, we try to keep it simple because we don't, in transition, we want them to play fast. You got a choice. You're going to make them play fast, or you're going to let them play fast, or you're going to make them think. And uh, we want to play fast. So we try to keep it just that simple. And like I said, if there's a ball screen, a missed shot opportunity, inside out action, we fall into our offense behind our offense. Um, those two action, kind of two main actions in that flow stay the same year to year. That personnel base, I assume maybe it changes or it's kind of like this is what we've done and we're going to fit into it and go. No, you know, that's a great question because we've tried to change it more than we've tried to just say, hey, this, this is what we wanted. This is us. This is what we're going to because we've had different personnel. And um, a few years we've had success changing some things up, you know, swinging into staggers into some shooters and that type of thing. Uh, but more often than not, we, we seem to end up in that. I don't know if that's a comfort level with us or a comfort level with the kids, uh, but uh, um, it, it's what we've done well and, and, and we'll continue to do it. Um, the offense behind the offense. So you've, you've done your, action, your initial action, maybe the ball screen. What's the offense behind the offense? It's just a European ball screen. So if you could imagine the ball's being swung to a big in the slot, and now you have a two-side that he's looking at. The top, the top young man is going to drop, and he's going to run through to create a two-side on the other side. Then we have a V-cut out of the corner, and we're into a single-side ball screen. And then it's swung. If we don't, I mean, obviously, if we score, we score. If we, we attack out of that ball screen action, it's swung to the opposite side, and, and you repeat. You have a drop, you have a V-cut out of the corner, and you play into a single-side ball screen. And then I, I think the key is you can't, you can't keep doing the same thing on that single side ball screen. It's always got to be a change up. You're going to change it to a, an up screen off the baseline. You might, maybe you're going to slip it and replace it with the opposite post. Uh, maybe you're going to twist it and hit him again, or, or you, you send it on to the other side and maybe you hit the original ball screen kid with a, with a fade screen. So you have a return action, but you just, I think you got to give them actions. We have the basic concept of the offense. And then we have three really common actions that the kids just call on their own. Okay. Can you, can you share those with us, what those well, three are out of that? Well, one we just talked about was the return action. So you come on a single side ball screen and you move it to the opposite big. I'm going to turn and I'm going to hit you with a fade screen. Okay. So you won't get a true roll on the single side because the kid's setting up the fade screen for him again. So it's sent to the slot and then you, you hit him with a fade screen. We call, we call that return. Yep. And the, the other one is just a simple hook action where instead of dropping all the way through, you just drop to the post uh, and you post up. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have it, we ball screen or ball pass fake it. We back screen for the post and then we're into a, a, a drag roll replace. So hook is really easy. And then uh, a twist is just a rescreen that is really easy. And, yep. and sometimes we just, we just call auto. And the kids know, well, the best shooter on the floor is going to get the fade screen. The best post, I'm talking smalls, the, the best small shooter is going to get a fade screen. The best small poster is going to play to a hook. And then maybe the quickest driver is going to get a twist. Yeah. And then the kids do that. 
And so you're looking at three different uh, ball screen actions every time the ball is swung. Um, have how you teach the bigs out of the ball screen. Has that evolved a lot over time? Are you having more guys you feel like can space out and shoot, or is it a lot of still like, for me, I've always felt like we still got to put pressure on the rim some way. Um, and they all think they can shoot, but maybe they, they never feel like they really can. I don't feel like they can shoot. So I was wondering how that's changed for you guys, if it has. That's, that's a great question. And uh, <laughs> it, does, it does provide some humor. The only thing that's changed is today every big thinks, first of all, you can't call them a big. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's a guard. I, I, you know, if I say, if I, you know, nowadays, if I say you're a stretch, it's offensive. You know, so I, every, everybody's everybody's a guard we just say hey you're going to screen in this action uh but no i i you know we work at all but you're right you have to put pressure on that rim I, I think kids miss so many opportunities just because they don't roll hard enough yeah. and and we set up uh in, in the season we go through ball screen shoot where we just practice that over and over and over again and it's just we the three words we tell on those kids that are setting the screens. I want to say bigs. I don't want to say bigs because you can't say bigs because you get a phone call from mom and dad. You can't call my kid a big. We're just using yeah. it on the podcast, coach. None of your players individually does that apply to. We're, we are. We, they just hear sprint, sit, separate. And I, I think it's okay. sprint, sit, separate. We're saying sprint to the screen, sit down on the screen. Hopefully, you know, we're stationary. And then you got to separate. And even if you – even kids – even when they pop, a lot of times they just want to turn and stand and yeah. it's really pivot, shuffle, shuffle. You have to get space. And if you're going to roll, roll right to the rim. And, uh, you know, it, but, but that rolling piece there, there's a lot to that, that we don't take advantage of. And, uh, it, it just, it's gotta be stressed. And then, you know, the, the guards got to find them. If the guard misses them, you know, the kids, they slow down. They don't want to roll anymore because they're not getting the ball. I really like the sprint set and separate. I think that's really short, sweet, makes sense, and is a key. Because I feel like that same thing happens no matter what offense you run. If you're not teaching the screening, whatever the screen is, they don't want to separate for sure. That would be the one that comes to my head. So I, I appreciate you sharing that piece of it. Um, so, Coach, one thing I always like to ask about is practice. Um, I, I, I feel like most – coaches are maybe like me and losers and think about practice too much uh I was wondering what your guys' practices look like and again same question I've kind of been asking maybe due to your experiences how that's evolved over time well first of all you think you're a loser I didn't sleep last night because of a summer league game and I'm a lot older than you are you want to talk about a loser <laughs> uh uh our practices over time I will say that we've certainly got more sensible about the the dedication of time uh, we spend less time on the floor um, than we did before. We spend less time in film and we spend less time on the scout. I think we respect kids' legs more now than we used to in yep. the old days. Uh, but, you know, uh, I think my practice looks very similar to a lot of practices. Uh, there is an emphasis on defense. Obviously, uh, I think the challenge is to get up enough shots. I mean, that's – I'm trying to think of what I could share that's unique about what we do. Um, you know, a big thing that's, you know, you got to get enough shots up. Can you spend, you know, 20 to 30 minutes a day getting shots? Because mm -hmm. it's, it's hard to complain about not shooting the ball well enough when you're not giving kids enough reps. Um, I, you know, I'm trying to think of the unique things we do. Uh, 
we do have a game day practice. I will say that's that's been critical for us that we didn't do years ago. Uh, so it's just that. I mean, when when school's out, the kids come down, they're dressed out. We have about a, a 65 minute workout, maybe 70 minutes where we go through the scout. We do some transition things. We run our offense. We get some shots up and we have a free throw game. Okay. Uh, um, that's been really important to us. Uh, and uh, um, uh, I, w- I would if you if you can do that, I mean, that would be my only suggestion to coaches. I mean, I I, I just think that's critical. It gets their mind right. Because uh, a lot of times you lose kids through the school day, and who knows what a teenager is thinking about. Uh, but you can kind of you can kind of center their focus at that point in time. Uh, we do have a, a scout, like everybody has. Uh, we don't give kids scouting reports. We did years ago, and then I got tired of picking them up in the locker room or finding them leave, left on a bench, or and I I'd get upset about that kind of stuff. And you know, I finally figured out, well, I'm kind of doing this to myself, aren't I? So really all we do, we demonstrate on the floor, we go through fits on the floor, and then uh, an assistant coach has uh, uh, these shot charts that are put on a white whiteboard, uh, uh, a marker board, and we go through individual tendencies there. And the kids can take a picture of that and study that, or, or they don't have to. But I've just kind of figured if I, if I can't physically teach them you know, on the floor, what they need to know. And then through that short meeting and through film study, um, uh, then they probably aren't going to, you know, it's, it's a special kid that's going to sit there and study his, uh, his scouting report. Now we have scouting reports, but we don't, we just don't, that's how we share information with the kids. We don't give them paper. Hey, do you feel like that's affected how your kids have performed at all going away from the paper? Is it, or is it feel like, you know, we're getting what we need to anyway? I think, I think we're getting what we need to. I, I, if kids can't physically do it, very yeah. few kids, and, and I'm, I've had some really, really good kids. Uh, if they can't physically step through it, I don't think they're really learning it. You know, it's, it's a different dude that can look at a piece of paper. and I mean, that takes pretty high basketball IQ at a very young age. Yeah. Look at a scout and say, okay, you know, I got this figured out. Uh, but I think when we do it on the floor and just physically step through it and teach it, um, I think, I think we, 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 we know it. Um, coach. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, coach, I'll still ask, you know, even if you don't feel like you do anything unique, especially the preseason before we're getting into games, those first couple of weeks, what do you, what's your practice layout look like? Well, I mean, we just start with the guard post split. Uh, again, you can't say post, uh, say, Hey, guard guard taller guard split, something like that. You guys uh, but, but we do like to make sure that every pre-practice is a good time to work on individual stuff. So the kids, before we get here, the kids will form shoot. And okay. so then the whistle blows and then we're into a split action and that could change. I mean, you know, joking aside, the guards might be down working some inside game stuff with me mm-hmm. just because everybody's got to have a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, from there, we break up into some full court stuff where we loosen up. Then we have pivot work and, uh, uh, two two drills that we do every day, uh, and I don't I don't know if I can uh, verbally I'll do the best I can over the podcast. But we do breakfast pass, and we do Louisville pass. Two 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 uh, essential drills for us, where basically we're telling these kids time and time again, you know turnovers are bad, you know loss of ball is bad. You have to do better, but we don't in breakfast pass. We give them, you know. 
it's it's a four line passing drill where we, we just basically practice four different types of passes from pivot you know push pass to step push pass to pivot pivot step pass to reverse pivot step pass and uh we're just giving kids new ways to protect the basketball yep. in, in this drill and then we go louisville pass who uh actually we picked up the drill from from louisville when coach mack was there uh, uh i don't remember how many years ago it was but we got to go down to drake when they were coming in to play at uh, wells fargo in the ncaa tournament and it's just around the horn drill where you've got a one kid passes to the next kid and it's a V cut and everybody does a V cut to get open with token defense. And then we come back and we do a reverse pivot. And mm -hmm. the, what we're trying to impress upon the kids and the skills we're trying to is we keep talking about turnovers, but we don't give kids tools <laughs> to protect the ball. We've got to give kids some tools to come back. So there's some application and then maybe in a game, maybe in scrimmage, hey, that's breakfast pass. Um, and then with Louisville pass, you know, what we're trying to emphasize is if, if you're one pass away from the ball, it's your job to get open. You know, there are too many times where, you know, kids make bad decisions and throw bad passes sometimes. But, you know, there's a lot of times I'm one pass away and I'm closely guarded and I don't make any effort to get open. That's more often the case than it is that it's a terrible pass. Yeah. And what we're trying to lay on the kids is, hey, if you're one pass, it is your responsibility to get open. And now in Louisville Pass, here's two different drills or two different techniques from a V-cut to a, and a reverse pivot that you can get yourself open. And uh, so far, the kids have bought into it, but that's, that's two drills almost every day that we jump into. From there, we'll jump into – we're heavy, heavy, heavy into defensive transition. So we're yeah. into create and get back, and uh, uh, we'll drill that. I just – I don't think you can have a championship defense. This is just my opinion. I'm not saying I, I, I certainly don't have anything figured out. I, I just feel for us, you can't have a championship defense unless you're great in defensive transition. You just yep. cannot, you cannot give up uncontested shots, which, you know, live ball turnovers and get back. It, it all kind of uh, comes together. Uh, so anyway, we're into uh, defensive transition. From there we go to shell. And then we're into transition, some type of transition drill, just trying to, you know, two minute, make 28 Fred Hoiberg's Iowa state drill. We, we do that. And then we're, we're, we're bouncing into half court offense. And then what then incorporate shooting upon shooting upon shooting. And, uh, you know, in, in essence, that that's what we look like. Um, that would be a very common starter for us every day. And then whatever other specific drills or, or, um, uncommon drills might be in there would, would probably be due to any type of deficit that is graded out for us from film. Yep. Awesome. Wow. Thanks for sharing that coach. Um, just going to get close here to the end. I got a couple questions left for you. The first one I'll start with is obviously I've had some great talent go through Ames um, in your career. Uh, I was wondering if you could highlight the things other than just obviously their athletic, you know, players, athleticism and ability, but things that have stuck out in those players um, that you've noticed that have helped them be as great as they have been? Well, you know, uh, that's, Derek, that's a, a pretty common question. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm going to give you the, the, the common answer and, and people kind of roll their eyes when I, when I answer this, when those guys came through and, and there was a, obviously a tremendous amount of talent on the floor, what sticks with me, uh, 12 years later is how competitive those guys were. Yep. 
And I'm not just talking about the really talented guys. I mean, the guys, I mean, there was a number of guys that were really, really talented, but when, when you look through the top eight, nine, 10 kids, really from eight, nine and 2008, nine and 10, what I could not, which sticks with me today and even surprised me back then. And almost like, Whoa, we got to back off a little bit is how competitive they were. I mean, I can, those guys would get after each other. Like you wouldn't believe it. I mean, I, I, you know, I'm not going to name names, but I will say that they're common. Name. They would cheat in shooting drills. <laughs> they, they, they're so competitive. They thought the other guy was cheating, you know? So all of a sudden eight becomes 11, you know, uh, no, no guys, it goes eight, nine, 10. And, <laughs> Um, uh, but, uh, they were, they were super, super competitive. And I, I don't think a number of these guys, and there was a number of them that went on to play college basketball that you can't play at that level. If you don't have, you don't have to be a jerk. I'm not saying that, but they, they're just extremely competitive people. And I, I'm just, you know, I've never been in an NBA, uh, locker room, but I'm guessing all those dudes are wired that way. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then coach last question here before we, we go. Um, I just got a young. I hope I have a few young coaches listen to this. Uh, what pieces of advice would you leave uh, for those people to um, continue in coaching and and maybe have a career as long as successful as you've had? Well, I, I guess I'd have two pieces of advice. I'm, I'm not sure I'm in a position where I should give advice uh, other than I'm old. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I would, first of all, I would say be you. Don't don't try to be somebody else. Be be you. Um, and well, I'll give three, be you study everybody that you can study. Yep. And then if you can, uh, you know, lock on to, to one, two, three guys or gals that you really respect that you can lean on in the process. Uh, even at, uh, uh, you know, uh, I've been doing this a while. Uh, you know, I still lean on my assistant coach, he coaches heavily. They're, they're great coaches. Uh, Steve McGraw, the longtime coach at Waterloo East, is with us now. A great sounding board. I, I just think it's really hard to do if you just try to fly solo on this deal because there's going to be so many bumps in the road. You're, you're going to get – I mean, if you, if you want to do this for a long time, you're going to get punched in the face, and, and you just – you have to be ready to respond, and it's, it's a lot easier when you can talk to other people. Awesome. Well, coach, I appreciate you taking your time today and appreciate you sharing um, and look forward to watching you guys this next season. Thanks a lot for having me on, Derek. Have a great summer. Yep, you too. Thanks for listening. As always, if you guys enjoyed the show, go ahead and try and give us a rating wherever you listen to the podcast at. I think it'll help boost us up and get, make us available for others to listen. And then please share with anybody who you think might be interested as well. Uh, once again, thank you for joining us today.